Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good. Good. Lots of fog out today. I was taking Charlie to daycare and the amount of animals that just popped up just on the road and trying not to hit anything. I hit like one hen pheasant and I like pheasants so much. It sucks so bad. But yeah, then there's deer and them I can, I don't, I'd rather not see them around anymore. So yeah, maybe you should come and do some hunting, take out a few of the herd maybe. Um, That'd be an adventure for me since I don't hunt, but I can be taught. I'm it's easy. I got some spots where, like, literally at 4.30 at night, you can just fire into a crowd of them. They're, you're not supposed to do that, but right. uh, you can take out five or six of them. I hear the good eating. They are. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Not, not, like that, not quality of, like, pork or beef, I would say, but I think anyone who says that they prefer venison over those, I'm usually generally a little skeptical. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Maybe yeah. they're just a really good cook at it. Right. I'm sure it's just an acquired taste sometimes. But did you, this is episode 10. Can you believe that? Yeah, I know. Already 10. Wow. Yep. Last week was really cool with the ladies. Yeah, I was going to ask I thought they you. chimed in well. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I found, uh, I don't know what this is about me, but the my desire to be a little ornery mm-hmm. was comes out, and I don't know what that, maybe and it's just because they, they're my te- they, they were my teachers. They seem to be well-informed on your honor. <laughs> I think yes. so, too. Yeah. Like well, I it's said, an endearing trait. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, yeah, Linda, when I was uh, in fifth grade, I was I had to sit there, like, literally touching the teacher's desk. Just, I assume that was because she liked me so much. Oh, but, yes. Um, right? Okay. Yeah. That's what I figured. I'm sure it was that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so today, I have a bunch of things I wanted to talk about. Um, first, the stuff going over on in, in Afghanistan, you know, we send our hearts to them and praying for the people over there, but there was something that the Taliban like leader came out and said that kind of made me question some things. He is like, when, when you guys pull out, we're still going to have all the women's rights and stuff here. Everything is going to be just like it is. And I'm sure some of that's not true, but like the only thing that's, that we're going to change is that they have to wear the hijab. That's all. In public, that's, they have to wear their hijab. Otherwise, they have full rights and stuff like that. Now, we know that they're being like pulled out of schools and stuff like that, um, girls and women. So they're not completely telling the truth. But regardless of what's actually happening, I just thought it was kind of interesting how, like, as long as they're just wearing what they're, what, what they're, what is that? What's their, what's their, is that the Quran? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the Quran says for them to wear. And it's their interpretation of the Quran. Okay. So we also have to put that in the in the mix as well. Yes. Pray for the people of Afghanistan. I would also especially raise up the Christians in Afghanistan because that will be a hot spot. Yeah. Uh, I, I even uh, got an email talking about the... Uh, Households with a girl over the age of 12 needed to market so that they knew that there was a female oh, yeah, 12 yeah. years old and older in that house. Mm-hmm. And uh, with if they found out they didn't, then there was execution of the family. It was, it was pretty gruesome. 
I guess I'd put it in the same light as any other government. Remember, we study Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Mm -hmm. We realize that our rest, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. It's principalities and powers. Uh, I would put it in the sense that if they're taking over the government from where it was, they have a reason to do so. Their motivation will likely color whatever they put out at this time. Yeah. And so I don't want to call them liars. Right. But I would measure their words carefully like any other overtaking government. Yeah. But in the midst of this crisis, there are going to be people hurt. There are going to be people killed. Uh, there are going to be lives changed dramatically. Yeah. And that's where my heart goes. That's yeah. where my prayers are going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to see the desperation with a lot of the people there when we... You know, when we we're just taken off with all the planes and stuff, they were wanting to stay and they wanted that, still needed us to be there to help them. But yeah, um, I had a question about the reason I brought up the hijab thing is um, like, why, is, why, did the, why does that book, why does the Quran require them to do that? And is there anything like that in, in, in the Bible that is along the same lines? Right, it, and it would be standard Mideastern mid dress when you talk about Jesus' time. Okay. And so that would have been pretty standard. Mm -hmm. uh, for the women to be veiled or covered, uh, uh, men, as far as that's concerned, they, in the Old Testament, men's head were covered. And when we come to the New Testament, then we come to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and it asks for men's heads to be uncovered in prayer and for women's heads to be covered in prayer. Hmm. And that's where even uh, the more conservative uh, Christian groups, uh, Amish, Beachy Amish, those groups, uh, the women still wear a covering and they don't only wear it on Sunday, but they wear it all week because their whole life is a prayer, they I see. And so they wear the prayer veiling all the time. And that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I think the first 18 verses. Now, Linda was thinking that if we did another church ladies one that we should make it fun and have like she's thinking that there we really missed out by not having her church lady hat be on on screen i think that probably would be cool yeah yeah i mean so I mean, should I, we should we be having like when you started like, talking church ladies i, I thought of jim carrey right away you know <laughs> i thought oh my goodness how are we doing this but uh, i i god bless you brother you yeah, know, yeah yeah is there a passage that you wanted to highlight out of that? Well, the, the passage that I was thinking of, and I want to make sure I had this, the scripture correct, is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 1 through 16. And uh, we operate under the fact that, but if a woman has long hair, it is her glory. For long hair is given to her as a covering. And so for Christian groups that don't talk about the prayer veil anymore, uh, women wearing their hair like women should and mm. looking like ladies, uh, I find that to be their covering. Now, if they whop it off like a guy, then that's a different story. But that's my operation is that uh, let, let's let ladies look like ladies and guys look like guys. And uh, I'm... Let them, not require of them. Or... Well, part of it is we're individual Christians. Yeah. We're individually accountable yeah. to God for not only who we understand Jesus Christ to be, but who we understand, what we understand of the word. Sure. Correct? 
Yep. Yeah. Like I still believe in uh, washing feet. And uh, I probably don't, I haven't done that here at Westchester yet. No, you haven't. But, uh, you know, when Jesus talks about washing feet, he says, you'll be blessed if you do it. Oh, maybe we should do that. So, you know, we just add that to the mix. Yeah, I, I know my mom would love to help with that. There you go. Yeah. I hope she watches this. Oh, to yeah. Know that I uh, but Now, we need to, the guys do guys and the ladies do gay, ladies. We, there are no cross washing okay. here. No cross That's fine. Washing. Yep, that's fine. I'll, I'll be real aggressive anyways. <laughs> but, but even Anabaptist groups are not comfortable with that anymore. Okay, There's okay. a lot of them not doing the okay. foot washing. You that's know, fine. you are getting down and gritty yeah, yeah. when you get to somebody's uh-huh. feet. Yeah. yeah. I imagine it would probably make some of the guys here uncomfortable for washing their feet. But I sure would enjoy doing that. Well, it, it's, it's a humbling exercise. And I mm-hmm. remember the first time I washed feet, I was actually in seminary and going to a church where I knew they were going to do it. And my, my fa- I, I asked my father-in-law, when we, we were both going to the same church and we were going to communion that night, I asked my father-in-law if he could teach me to wash feet. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the moment that I was given the opportunity. I watched him. He washed my feet. I, and I did exactly like him. And to be put in a situation where I could wash, yeah. serve, yeah. My father-in-law, who brought me my Charlene, mm-hmm. was a powerful moment. Interesting. That's kind of cool. Uh, you know, when you put it in that context and realize that Jesus said, you'll be blessed if, when you do this, yeah. then I I still believe it. Yeah. And I originally thought, you know, it would be kind of fun. But hearing the way you're talking about it, yeah, if you put yourself in that mind of service, that is kind of a, that is a very powerful thing to be able to serve. Yeah. You know? John chapter 13, verse 17, right after he does it, he says, now you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Hmm. That's, that's cool. I mean, Jesus said it. Yeah. But there's a lot of Christians that don't practice it. Right. Um, I have like a, a, a question. Let me see. So Leviticus chapter 13, this is pandemic related, um, face masks related. Ah, oh, man, I shouldn't have told you the verse. I should have. You come. shouldn't have. I should I'm have headed after it, you know, dang. right now. I should have. I should have said the verse and made you find it and tell me where it was. That's what my uh, wife does in the morning. I know you told me that. And so ever since then, I'm like, well, I'm going to figure out how to stump him. Um, 35. Leviticus 13.35? I think so. Uh, It talks about how someone should... What you should do when you are sick. Or... Yeah. Yeah. It is very complicated about Mm -hmm. what you do when you're sick. So, what's the question? Should we do it? Yeah, I mean, just read it. It's like, should... I mean, we're all hearing what... You know, the experts are telling us to do wearing these face masks and stuff like that and to, you know, be a good citizen to not infect other people. Right. And, I mean, you know, that's the reason, and I might as well make this a sub point, that uh, the Jews were able to get through many of the viruses and plagues that took out other civilizations. Really? Because they practiced sanitation. I mean, 
they had certain ways of dealing with their human waste. They had ways of dealing with infections. Uh, this is talking about an itch and how to take care of the, the itch. And uh, then it had, when you got to that spot, you actually had to pass in front of the priest and have it confirmed you're through that infection. Hmm. And then you could be back into the society again. Interesting. You see that uh, played out then when the uh, leper yep. is cleansed and Jesus says, how's come uh, there were 10 of you I healed and only one of them you came back. Mm -hmm. uh, the others were supposed to go to the priest. And right. They were headed there. Yeah, why don't you read us that? The 35 and following? I think so. But if the itch does spread in the skin after it, it, he is pronounced clean, the priest is to examine him and, it, and if the itch is spread to in the skin, the priest does not need to look for the yellow hair. The I think person, it's 45. Oh, 45. I was going to say, I don't remember scratching an itch there. The person with such an infection, infectious disease, must wear torn clothes. One, yeah. Let his hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of his face. Oh, face mask. There you go. And cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as he is, has the infection, he remains unclean. He must live alone. He must live outside the camp. It is those kind of regulations that saved the Jews when plagues, especially uh, infectious plagues mm -hmm. like we're going through, yeah, uh, really knocked other civilizations. I mean, we have civilizations that are uh, mentioned in the first chapter or first books of the Bible that didn't exist after a while hmm. because it wiped out whole civilizations. Oh, so yeah. This is why so, they remain strong through it. So is this for the for the Christian who right now is like, I'm gonna I'm not wearing my face mask, I'm not you know, apart from your belief that this is not a very serious disease. Okay, so putting all that aside, let's assume that, you know, it has killed a lot of people, right? And they're saying we're not going to wear the face mask, we're not gonna do these things, isolation and that kind of stuff, because we're not gonna listen to the government and have them have these mandates upon us and tell us what to do we are free people you can't do that can you also be kind of you know i mean are you is are you forming that but where are you getting that authority from you know where are you where are you adopting these beliefs what higher authority are you adopting your beliefs off of i mean if if because generally, I like to say, you know, I'm I'm pulling mine from I'm pulling mine from the Word of God, and that's where it starts. But if you're saying I'm not listening to what the government says, I'm not listening to what the president says. This is my own freedom. I'm a Christian. Aren't you kind of going against what the Bible says as well? Well, and, and I guess the piece that bothers me most is uh, in the midst of that, if we if we are exercising our will over God's will, we've already sinned. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Yeah. Now, when we go to Mark chapter 12, uh, 29 to 35, Jesus was asked specifically, what is the most important commandment? Mm -hmm. And he said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. And he said, went, went on and said, and the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. What bothers me most, and I think there's a little bit of truth in all those lines. Yeah. That's, that's what is really part of fueling what's going on here. There's a little bit of truth in all of that. 
Yeah. In, in everything I've heard, there's some truth. And every bit of truth then fuels whatever comes after it. The bottom line for the Christian is, I need to live my life in such a way that I honor my God and I tenderly love my brother. Yeah. Now, if that means I wear a mask, I better do it. Because I may have the infection and not know it. I might yeah, give it to you. Yeah, that's one of the hardest things, yeah. Uh, if I get a vaccine, then I know that, and you know, there's a hole in the vaccine. Yeah, there is. But I took it anyway because it does reduce the risk. Right. I come at it. I'm going to ask my Lord what to do. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to do the best for him first and for us next. Right. I'm going to love you like I love me. And we're going to work at this. Yeah. What I think is interesting is that somehow or another, the government, whether they're doing it intentionally or not, is playing this in such a way to divide Christians. Yeah. And we're letting them do it. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was just said all political things aside. This isn't a recommendation. The only recommendation I think both of us say is yeah, pray about it. You know, yeah. bring it to God mm-hmm. and decide off of that, not off of. The reality yeah. of any virus is, we've got to go through some part of it. Yeah. In order to build a a immunity. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't get the Spanish flu right. anymore. Because you know it took out what, uh, two hundred million people. Yeah, a lot. A lot of people. We don't even talk about that anymore because we've built an immunity to those things. I don't think it's the same. uh, It certainly isn't the same disease. I just remember looking at it and people, you know, being it's kind of like that, especially when everything got opened back up because it killed like 10% of the deaths were the first wave. And then there were like, parades like i even saw like the newspaper articles of like you know we beat it we made it and everyone they're having parades dancing in the streets and then after that that's when like the majority of the people died from it because yeah it's over it's over and then it's like oh nope no no it's not over yet and 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 that's the way it worked i know of cemeteries i i sort of am a historian and work with cemeteries there are whole rows especially in the cemeteries where they you know were just starting the cemetery and so they were just burying everybody according to how they died rather mm-hmm. than in family plots. Okay. And so there are whole rows, especially our Amish, Amish cemeteries of that period, whole rows of people who died in that 1919, 1920 yeah. pandemic. And yeah, we haven't had near those deaths. No. Well, yeah, a lot of us, we've been better at sanitation and stuff like that, right? Okay, yeah, we, we, we can move on from that subject. I was just kind of curious about that. Um, if anyone was, you know, because I had never even referred to this verse, not once during the pandemic, never saw it. And, only, and I saw it like the other day on a Facebook post of someone being like critical of Christians saying, well, you know, what is, this? this is what the Bible says. You know, why don't you guys are doing this? And it's like, That's, right. that is a good point. I mean, actually, there's a lot of good points. Yeah. In this discussion, if we weren't battering each other with... Oh, them. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I know, like, all the churches had... Uh, some of the churches, you know, they were all required face masks. We're not going to do singing and stuff like that. And a lot of the... I mean, a lot of the 
you know, the own, the problems we had in this, this church even specifically was that like, we can't, we can't have a service. We can't worship together. We, we really need that. Um, and I, and I, and I wonder, you know, that is a spiritual need, mm-hmm. but also I wonder how, how I'm sure there's other stuff in the Bible that, you know, sometimes it will put stuff into alignment for us like this first, this, this, True. this, if maybe that would take precedence over. But it's changed the church. Right. Because churches, I mean, we know we need to meet. Mm-hmm. And if we can't meet in person, we're going to do the next best thing. I mean, this dialogue comes out of the fact that we're driven online as a church. Oh, yeah. Because we couldn't, we didn't feel motivated to use it. It was expensive. It's cumbersome. But we've been moved to do so. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's where we needed to go because likely or not, whether we like it or not, yeah. the church will be driven underground if Satan has his way anyway. Sure. Let's get ready for it. Let's find new ways of doing church that uh, we, we make it stronger no matter what we're going through. I agree. I did have some other questions for you, but I think maybe a few more popped into my head since we're already talking about politics and crap like that. Should the church uh, earnings be exempt from taxes? They've talked about this for a while, about getting rid of that. I I see both sides of that coin. Uh, Sometimes I've seen the church abuse the 5013C. Yeah. Uh, I think it's being used by people who aren't church anymore right and so uh, I've seen some of that Uh, the other side of the coin is it's a blessing let's use it as long as it's there right Um, should it be I don't think we're probably gonna have much say in it no I don't think so either I've just heard both sides of the argument and I and like you said I've heard both sides of it Mm -hmm. you know if it's all if it's donations then it shouldn't be Right. Just like any other donation things, but with all donated money that is under that 501c3, like you said, it's some of them are good, some of them are bad. Or some of them are abusing it, and some of them are doing charitable service. Right. I agree. And so, if unless we want to become judge and jury over what can become a 5013c, I think we'll, yeah, let's enjoy it while we have it because it may not be here. I agree. For long. Mm-hmm. forever yeah that's good um another question i got these written on my hand this time um we can buy you note cards i had note cards <laughs> see i t- i write i type them on my phone as i think about them through the day so sometimes this is like all just coming out of my head and then sometimes i get them from other people and adapt it and i usually have time to put it on a note card but so if you want to send in some money we can buy <laughs> buy some note cards for no Alex. kidding yeah. um well <laughs> Um, can we lose our salvation? Oh, that's a wonderful question. What's interesting is when you go to, to uh, Hebrews chapter, chapter 6 and you go through that, and I was working with this with a, a wonderful Baptist gentleman years ago, you can read it both ways. I mean, you can honestly read it both ways, hmm. that either you've lost your salvation or you didn't have it to start with. And for the for the for the uh, for the Baptist, if somebody's gone off the off away from salvation, their standpoint is, well, you didn't have it to start with. 
And then okay. from, from the other side, well, they had it, but they lost it. And what's interesting, it reads like this. It's impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God, and the powers of the coming age. That's a pretty good checklist. If they fall away to be brought back to repentance, because to their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. And that is Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4, 5, and 6. So basically, then it's impossible to bring them back. Okay, that, that's fact. Then you have to figure, well, did they have all five of those things to start with or not? And I guess what I'm becoming increasingly aware of, uh, what is the heavenly gift? What is sharing in the Holy Spirit? We've tasted the goodness of God's word, but how, how deeply have we ingested it? So all of those are rather subjective from our point of view, right? Right. That's interesting. Yeah. So whether or not you lose your salvation is less whether I say you did right. than it is what God says. Sure. And we know in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says we're all going to stand before the judgment. We, we know that in the white throne judgment in uh, Revelation chapter 20. Uh, there's two books. There's the book of life and the, the books of the deeds that we've done. And those are all going to be opened. Now, if our name isn't in the book of life, then we don't have a very promising future. Sure. But everybody's going to see what they've done. Yeah. It's all going to be revealed. Now, I heard someone talk something about, and maybe it's not salvation, but it's... Oh, boy, this might get... This might, hopefully you can guide me through this thought, is with to, to, to love God is he, we receive his mercy. That it's, it's given. And, and that is by faith. Right? It's by, by grace through faith. Yes. Not by works. Right. Right. And we receive forgiveness from Jesus, and that's been given. There's no... Well, we have to accept him as our Lord and Savior, right? Must. So, like, what we have to do to receive God's grace is through faith, right? And what we have to do to receive forgiveness. That would be Romans 10, 9 and 10. Okay. Confess that Jesus is Lord with your mouth. Yep. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, which mm -hmm. is a pretty big belief. That's yes. a pretty big faith piece. You will be saved. Okay. That's what it says in... In Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10. And if you lose your faith at some time, you can come back. Yes? Well, don't we all sort of waver? Right. It's, it's hard to maintain our faith all the time. Yeah. Especially in the light of living. Right. And we all fall to sin at we, times. And Jesus will always forgive if we are... There's only one heart. sin that Jesus said could not be forgiven. Yeah. And that's grieving the Holy Spirit. That's what I was getting to. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to go ahead. Yeah. You? I was trying to break yes. it down in the Trinity, whereas if you deny the Holy Spirit, 
that one is not is the one that cannot be forgiven. And what does that look like? Does that look like if if the Holy Spirit is pushing you towards something and you aren't heeding that call? So yeah, well it it is well, let's see, I'm trying to think of the word. It, it's not just grieving. Uh, the word that Jesus uses is specific and it's talking about maligning the name. I'm not sure why it doesn't come to my head right now. I think there's a part of Christianity that might be really close that says, you know, well, the Holy Spirit stuff, we, we aren't going to even talk about the Holy Spirit yeah. stuff because we don't understand it and we're not going to practice it on Sunday morning and those kind of things. <laughs> and so I, I think there's a, a, a slice of the church that is really at a dangerous spot. Then, what are we doing to the Holy Spirit? Yeah. I mean, we don't want to make it more than a part of the Trinity. Right. We don't want to worship it more than we do Jesus or raise it up more than God, the Father. It still needs to be part of that triune God that we, we realize that we can't explain God fully. He's explained in those three major characters for us to help understand who he truly mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Did I get close to answering your question? I think so. I mean, that's that was just one, like, we lose salvation, and then I brought the Holy Spirit thing because, and maybe that should have just been a whole different episode because um, when I thought about that, it was like, well, I struggle to find what it looks like. Well, how how definable actually is it? Like you said with, um, in Hebrews, right? Yeah, when you talk about, well, is, you can lose yourself, that you can read it both ways, and there's levels of, did we achieve these five things? And if we did, then yes, we can lose our salvation, but each one of those things have levels where you have to need someone to define it, and, and if God's the only one that can define it, then, then that makes it, pretty unclear yeah mm -hmm. now if we all have like jesus did when he was baptized yeah the holy spirit descend on us like a dove at that time then yeah. there's no doubt that the holy spirit's oh yeah but i i'm finding that i'm learning more about the holy spirit all the time yeah and that changes oh yeah i, I guess i thought i had this all down pat after 40 years of ministry <laughs> years being a christian i thought uh, i had this all down pat. yeah i, I thought it was, it's very interesting how you can essentially spend your entire life learning new things just being, just reading the Bible, being around people who, you know, your elders who have, who have, who have been, a, who have been studying it for a very long time and to be able to do that and not be persuaded one way or another by worldly interventions into that word, right? Right. That's kind of difficult to do. The, the most dangerous place in the Christian's journey is to think we've arrived before we get there. Sure. That's a good point. It, it is a journey. It's, we're yeah. always needing to be ready to do, ready to discern possibly new things that mm -hmm. God's calling us to do. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure. That's why I'm not sure the Bible talks about retirement. I'm not sure I'm ever going to get there because there's all sorts of new things that I could see God calling me to over the course of time. And uh, I know that so many times the the elderly mm -hmm. who think they're all used up 
and uh, can't do much. Boy, there's a lot of richness in their prayer life, though. Oh, yeah. That, that time that they can, can use with the Word and, and, and praying for others and, and uh, reaching out to God what He might be giving them yeah. that they could share with others. There's always someone who maybe not wants at the time but needs to hear what you have to say. Not necessarily your opinions, but just maybe just hearing about your life and your experiences. I have found that to be interesting. My, my grandmother is 98, and there have been times where I've been like, why haven't I ever, I have no idea what she was like as a child. I wonder what her childhood life was. You might have got your honoriness from her. Oh, I certainly did. Yeah, okay. I, she is still yeah. full of you-know-what and vinegar. And, uh, oh, it's definitely where that came from. I, it might just be because they grew up on the East Coast. There's a little bit of that. Uh, Massachusetts e charm. Exactly. Yes, okay. There you uh -huh. go. I even say some words like that, and I don't even know where it came from. What was it? It was like Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> Yorkshire pudding. Okay. <laughs> And one time, I, my my wife's dad was like, "Is that kind of like Yorkshire pudding?" I was like, "I don't know." And my wife's like, "It's because it's a, a Boston accent on it, and he doesn't know that." I'm like, "Oh my goodness, I didn't know that." I'm like, no, it's Yorkshire pudding, and our whole family was like, "Oh yeah, park the car, Bahavid Yad." Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why we say it that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But asking her about what life was when she was a child, I was just like thinking of her, just a little little girl, just what was her life like with her mom and her grandma and just listening to those stories was i don't know you know it it, it hits you in the heart i don't know just that reminiscing of times past sometimes and seeing that feeling coming from her and others you know you never know who's going to get something from that and how that's going to shape their lives you know and therein is the breadth and fullness of the church community. Yes, I agree. Because we're not just one age group. Mm -hmm. All those age groups are important because we are Christians following a journey and we need those who are down the road farther to help us. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Uh, I think next time we should definitely talk a little bit about the um, upcoming Harvest Blessing that we're going to do on the 12th. Um, and, and even though it's Labor Day weekend, we plan on starting Sunday school on the 5th. Good. And I know that this broadcast goes out and, and, and uh, touches a lot of lives. Mm -hmm. And I praise the Lord for your ministry in this broadcast. I would like to start hearing from some of those. Yeah. We'd, we'd sort of like to know how broadly this is going and, and uh, give some feedback. Yep. I'd I like agree. That. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. It would be fun. Yeah. I mean, I've. Well, neither one of us is completely opposed to getting criticism. I definitely think that is one of the best ways to grow on stuff, you know? Yeah. So criticize us. Tell us what we're doing good. Tell us what we're doing bad. Mm -hmm. uh, we'd love to hear it. it. They can't tell it's hot in here. Oh, so. <laughs> can't they? I feel like I've already felt a couple so, beads of sweat rolling down my face, and that just makes me want to sweat more. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do. I do know what you mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll be nice when it'll be winter in here. Hmm. Well, you might be able to see our breath. That'd be kind of cool. Oh, that makes me feel, that made me cool down just thinking about that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Don. This has been fun. It has been. Thank you, Alex. All right. All right.